Thank you for joining us at Conversations to Inspire. I am your host, Teresa Moore. There are many facets of our mind-body-spirit connection. In this episode, we explore structural integration, or rolfing, with Marie Thibault. Marie is an advanced structural integration practitioner of the Rolf Method, which is the work of Ida P. Rolf. The Rolf Method of structural integration is a hands-on process of re-educating the body through touch and movement. Marie has her own practice in Manitowoc, Wisconsin. Marie explains to us that Rolfing helps the body systematically release patterns of stress and impaired function. Marie teaches us that structural integration works by lengthening and opening the patterns in the connective tissue. Marie discusses how she uses Rolfing to help her clients relieve pain, whether that pain is from repetitive motion, sports injuries, scoliosis, autoimmune disorders, or many other issues. Marie teaches us that she strives to help her clients take responsibility for their own health and work towards a pain-free existence. You can learn more about rolfing or structural integration on Marie's website at marietebo.org or on her Facebook page. Here is my conversation with Marie Thibault. Thank you for joining us at Conversations to Inspire. I am your host, Teresa Moore, and today I am with Marie Thibault. Marie is a structural integration practitioner, also known as a rolfer. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us today, Marie. Thanks for having me. For people who don't know what rolfing is, what kind of issues or what kind of people are you able to help? Usually, I am working on people that are very symptomatic. It's great when I start the 10 series on a healthy person. But often they're coming with some sort of issue and often in pain. So there's a little bit of addressing that pain. Sometimes if they are not feeling good enough, we will address the pain first. And then we start the 10 series at a later date. It can run from people before they're going into surgeries, before they're planning on getting pregnant, after they've had children. There are so many different injuries, a lot of sciatic injuries. I mean, the list is very long. Headaches people with shoulder injuries. It's a lot about coming in with imbalanced, unorganized bodies. And the focus of the 10 series is to organize that body. What do you mean by organize the body? Is it just to realign? Realign is one way to say it. I'm looking at joints and how they stack on the body. Every session I have goals, and those are to encourage joint alignment and length I'm always looking for length in the body as well. You had mentioned length and space. It's length and space, space in the joints, length. And people really start feeling good in those first three sessions because the focus is creating as much length and space as possible before the actual core sessions start four through seven. The people that come to you, are they typically trying to seek relief from pain? Is that your yes. most common patient? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Joint pain, joints are complicated. And when you've had accidents from decades earlier that start creeping up and people really start complaining about them years later, all kinds of stuff, childhood trauma, the list of why is so long. So I don't really focus on that. We focus on what's happening in the body right now. And you're able to help people find relief from pain and not probably just short term, but long term? Yes, that's a question that's asked a lot. How long does this last? Well, it really differs from person to person and what kind of injuries and how well they take care of themselves as well. But everybody has some sort of success story by the end of the 10. It looks different for each person, but people feel better and they often start feeling better in the first few sessions. 
What does a typical session with you look like? So there's a lot of seeing. I really have a good look at your body. So people will come in and get undressed into their underwear. I will have them walk so I can see what the pattern and movement is as well. And they'll get on and off the table as I work on them. I, I'm often looking to see how the body's changing. And I'm also asking them to feel. There's a whole relationship that is really beautiful to watch with a client. So when they first come in, often they don't have words or vocabulary for how does this feel and the changes. And as they go along, people have they'll have a real kind of new relationship, a real understanding. Their body starts talking to them and they're starting to listen. It's really fun to watch that. Because I'm trying to envision. I have never been to you, so I've never... Yes. I never sought treatment from you. And I can only relate it to what I've been through, which would mm -hmm. be chiropractic, maybe some physical mm -hmm. therapy, different things like that. Sometimes I joke around and I say I'm a chiropractor for the muscles or for the fascial system. We are like yin and yang, bones and muscles. So we work very well together. And I often rent space out of a chiropractic office. I kind of am doing a chiropractor's dirty work, so to speak. I'm going in and working on the connective tissue and the muscle structure, the fascial structure. It's time consuming and it's hard work and it really helps with the chiropractic adjustments. People's adjustments last longer. They don't have to go as often because that is the efficiency of when you come into alignment in your fascial body you're just working more efficiently. You're not being pushed right back into that old pattern. It's essentially rolfing is about changing patterns. And yeah, it's about changing patterns in the body. Through muscles? Through your fascial structure, yes, which yeah. essentially will change the muscle. So the fascia yeah, is... Yeah, thank you. Yes. <laughs> so the fascia is the top layers. It's what holds the muscle belly together. It is like the sack of the body, and it can be pulled and pushed into contorted patterns, unorganized, as I said earlier, patterns. And we are trying to make that more efficient, trying to, from point A to B, between joints, to have more efficiency. Okay. That makes sense. It does. So is it more connective tissue? Connective tissue, yes. I mean, connective tissue, it's all, you can't not work on one without working on the other. So it's not like I don't work on the muscle belly, but it is not my main focus. And I maybe will go more into the muscle the belly of the muscle more in the last sessions. The body changes so much throughout the 10 series. It is not the same from the first time I work on it to the end sessions. It becomes more supple. Things come to the surface. It's very much like an onion model. I can get deeper and deeper into the layers. Old accidents start kind of coming to the surface, injuries. People have all kinds of, oh, I remember when I did this and did that from childhood, from when they were younger, all that stuff, yeah. yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah. Again, not knowing exactly what you did, but knowing that you have such an amazing success rate with your clients. I wasn't quite sure exactly how what you did impacted their daily life and their health. And if you want to know about the daily life, I hear this often. I get out of bed easier. Those are some of the first reactions in the first sessions. I'm having le less achy joints. Those kinds of reactions are exciting. That's awesome. And encouraging. It sounds like you're almost getting immediate feedback of positivity and that you're changing the way they feel. Yes. And I think a testament to the work is the fact that very rarely people do not finish the 10 series. I think they're surprised when they walk in, even by the end of the first session. It's like you got one of the most effective massages, effective body work you've ever gotten. What does it look like for the client? 
when they come in to see you? You're watching their gait, you're watching their physical structure? Watching their gait, their physical structure. I'm asking them how they feel, getting feedback on where they're at right when they walk in the door, what's hurting, what's chronic. And once I get them on the table, it is not a type of therapy where you get to check out. I think that's a sometimes surprised by clients. There's a lot of client participation. I'm having you move your body. You don't get to just fall asleep and I do all the work. This is very much a, a mutual therapy. It's similar to a massage or a chiropractic adjustment, but... I wouldn't say at all it's similar to a chiropractic adjustment. Your bones feel like they have space and they have more room. It can feel very good, like you got an adjustment. But it's a mixture. People often want to associate it with other therapies, trying to understand it. And yeah. I would say it's something in between, very much in between physical therapy. It's a type of physical therapy. There's myofascial release, but we have much more intention. As a rolfer, you're looking at the whole body. And it's also, a, maybe say, deep tissue. It's close to that realm, but it's none of those things either. It is something more long-term, and I'm looking at the whole body. We are looking at everything balancing together, organizing the whole body. I mean, physical therapy, they will just look at whatever the injury or symptom is. Myofascial relief is also very symptomatic. They'll just work on what is ailing you at the time. And deep tissue is more in the muscle belly, and also a very symptomatic. So when somebody walks into the door and they have symptoms, I am always listening to that, but I do not let it get off the track of the recipe. The 10 recipe that Dr. Rolf wanted it to be called the recipe and not instructions or directions because everybody that walks in the door is completely different. There's a lot of assessment each session and what is best for you. There's goals. Like I said, there's goals that I hit in each session, and there's layers of goals. But it's going to look different for every person walking in. So it's very hands-on on your half. Yes, these are my tools. Jazz hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then for your client, they are not, like you said, not just receiving a massage, but they are actually participating and maybe moving or changing position to help yes, allow you to yes. do your work. I'm doing work. I'm often having them move in alignment in lines of their body. We're working with proprioception of the brain. We're trying to activate muscles that have checked out for maybe decades. I have a lot of my clientele here in this area is a bit older. I've been working a lot of people in their 60s and 70s, and they haven't really had much work. It's a lot easier when someone young and youthful comes in, even if they have a hard injury, they bounce back a lot easier. But it's been interesting working on kind of a, a different type of clientele, less the office worker and more of maybe the mechanic or the factory worker. It's been really fun, actually. Are you able to work with repetitive stress that's, injuries? I feel like that's all I do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the repetitive stress. And that is essentially what I'm finding in the body. There's a breakdown. Whole muscle groups will stop working and you'll be overusing. So people come to me and they're often very weak. They're overusing themselves in one way, most likely for work, and they have that repetitive stress. And then they're too tired, too much in pain after work to have any kind of proper exercise program to keep them strong. So it's like the cycle, it can really hurt you in the end, and it can put you in a place of 
real injury. I'm trying to get these people out of that so they have an excitement. And I often see it at the 10 series. And it, it this is only just the beginning. So I try to push them off into an exercise program, unless it, even if it's just walking. I mean, walking is one of the best exercises, very underrated. And building up those muscles, if they're working in a factory and they're doing that repetitive stress, that's so important to be able to support that all day long. Definitely. And that way you can help relieve that so that they aren't suffering from the pain. They can do their job. They can enjoy yeah. their life. And they're not yeah. having that daily pain that they have to deal with. Exactly. It's about quality of life in the end of the day. And that's what I'm going for. Quality of life for myself personally and for my clients. Absolutely. You seem to have the ability to get quick results. Can you explain a little bit more about that? People don't 100% understand what I do in the beginning. And I say, come in for the first session and just ask your body, see how it feels, see what the changes are for yourself. And 99% of the time they're signed up before they left. The first three come in a nice little package. If you want to walk away, you're not going to have the changes, long lasting changes, but we did some great body work. We opened up your joints and you're often feeling better and standing taller. If I wanted to come to you, mm -hmm. I don't have any injuries. I don't have any pain at the moment that I would need help. That's when I love to work on people. That's when we can really focus on this optimal health and when they're not in pain because Life happens to everybody. So you're going to walk in the door. It's not that I'm going to find problems with you. Everybody has shortness. Gravity happens to everybody. They have injuries. They have car accidents. They have carried around children. They have birthed children. It's just the way it is. When you come in, you're going to discover your body in new ways. You're going to realize that you've been more broken than you realized. And I don't like to say that everybody's messed up, but when you come in, there's a lot to be done and there's a lot of self-care to be had. When you get on the table and I start working on people, it's just amazing how they start popping all these, oh, well, then I had this and then, you know, it's like, I don't really need to know everybody's laundry list of injuries because your body will let me know. And I'm on a pretty clear path and I'm feeling things and listening to you Sometimes I'll be like, wow, what is this? And I'll be like, oh, yeah, that was that car accident. That was that whiplash. And I'm like, yeah, I feel it. It's pretty deep. When you can feel it, what does it feel like? Does it feel like a knot, like tightness? Or what is it that you're able there to can, sense? There's so many feelings. I think that my own body has given me my own journey and the pain that I used to deal with has given me so much insight and what other people suffer with with different injuries. Sometimes I can just feel the muscle and I can feel what kind of pain. I can tell if it's fiery. I can tell if it's a dull ache. That's the part I don't really know. Maybe I've just been doing it for so long that I don't always have vocabulary for it either. More of an intuition or something? That it's you can... an intuition. You can also say, I've just been doing it for a long time. And I've had a lot of my own experiences through all kinds of things from sciatica to frozen shoulder. I grew up riding, showing, breaking horses. And so I've had so many accidents. And then I also grew into a double curve scoliosis. That's lucky me, all the women in my family have it to some degree. I have it the worst. And that has a lot to do, I believe, with not getting proper chiropractic care and having so many horse accidents and concussions that never were addressed. So I grew up with a lot of soft tissue damage. And I believe that that, you know, it was part of my journey and why I'm really good at what I do today. But I suffered a lot when I was younger. 
My mom took me to a specialist when I was 14. It was the first time I was offered opiates. The specialist scared me away from chiropractic care. My mother said it really poo-pooed chiropractic care and wanted to put a metal rod, a Harrington rod in my back. Mm. And my mom was like, no. That was, it was just too much. It was too zero to 60. And and I, I look back on, I've worked on quite a few Harrington rods over the years now, and they're necessary in some cases. I believe mine was not one of those cases. And I was surprised it was even suggested when I look back on it and as much as I know now. But that was the option, opiates. And now they're really big into pumping with steroids because opiates are not okay anymore. Thank God, because we had to have a huge opioid crisis. Go to the West Coast, you'll really see it. So, you know, now they're pumping people with steroids quite a bit, which is another thing. It's a lesser of two evils. Before we dive into your background, can you teach me a little bit more about the difference between physical therapy, myofascial release, deep tissue, and what you do, rolfing? Sure. It's a question that's asked a lot. People want to compare it to something because they don't quite understand it. I would say there's elements to all three of those things. Myofascial release and physical therapy, they tend to focus just on the symptom area. And deep tissue is also very symptomatic. So we're, as a rolfer, as a structural integration practitioner, I'm looking at the whole body. Every time you walk, I'm looking on how the work is affecting the whole body, the way you move as a whole. The intention is very different. And it sounds like you have a lot of clients that come to you that are coming back because the work that you do is so impactful. Yes, I do get a little bit. I get a little bit of paranoia at the end of the ten series. It will be funny too because it'll be someone right in the beginning being like, "Oh, ten sessions." I'm like, "Just don't think about it." And then by the end, they're like, "Well, can I come back?" Can it? and I'm like, "Yes, yes." And the plan is different for everybody. If you're a pretty healthy person, I would say. Don't worry about another 10 series for another five to eight years. But, and then gravity will hit you again and we will have some new things to look at, but that's not usually the case. I do what I call a follow-up. I really try to allow people to move on to the next thing. I say, go get your massages. Your massages will go farther. Your chiropractic care will go farther. But I try to encourage them into what is best for them for the next thing. Yes, like in San Francisco at the end, I mean, it was pretty much everyone I was seeing was all clients that I had had for, you know, those last eight years. They were existing clients. So it was getting harder and harder to squeeze in new clients for sure. But I always try to make room for a steady flow of new clients because I know that after the 10 series that a massage therapist can handle a lot of what is needed for that person. Like a maintenance? Yeah. And if they need, certain people have deformities like myself, like scoliosis that have different reactions to the body that, and they just fall in love with the work as well. I often get this reaction that you know, I'm getting into places no one else ever has. And I'm f like, oh, I'm fi someone's finally getting in there kind of feeling. There's a really deep sense of relief. The body has such a natural propensity to heal itself. So I'm sure that once yes. you're able to release- that's the whole premise, that's what Dr. Rolf, that's where she started formulating this recipe is she was a biochemist and she was really into Hatha yoga and all this before- the time of a woman even, she got her PhD in 1920 from Columbia University, which is really quite impressive. That is impressive. She realized the body had this mass possibility to heal itself. 
And that is really the premise of where I start from is that you can take responsibility for your own health and you can put the work in it. And there's so much we can do together. But it seems like oftentimes we just need that initial reset. Yes. And that's why I feel the 10 series is often just the beginning because it gets people excited again. It gets them out of pain. It gets them off the couch. It gets them moving again. In fact, a lot of times I have to tell people, I have to give them the speech. Okay, you're going to start feeling better and they do not start a really heavy exercise program because your body is getting used to there's whole muscle groups that are kind of waking up and starting being used. You could potentially injure yourself if you go too fast, if that makes sense. You could, you, you're in a kind of a fragile state and you need to slowly strengthen these joints and the muscles and this new pattern, strengthening the new pattern. Mm -hmm. That makes sense because you've gotten so used to, like if you have a sports injury or something and your body compensates for an injury. Oh yeah, compensation, yeah. Yeah, so you're probably able to get them back to what is their integral way of working. When when I say disorganized body, I'm saying a body that is compensating over and over again and it's a pattern of compensation. But then you're able to get them back to the normal structure and what's healthy and then those muscles have to That's be built That's the up. goal is to get them to an organized body that is not compensating. Every muscle group is doing their job. That makes mm-hmm. absolute sense. Yeah. yeah. And so you're stronger and you are more mobile and more flexible and that affects your mental state. That affects your spiritual state. It's all connected. When you say it's all connected, do people come to you and when they're going through your sessions, do they have an emotional release from what you are working with them on? Yes. The simple answer is yes. I hold space for any kind of emotional release. And often stories comes up. It comes out in stories and remembering things that maybe had been forgotten for a long time. Or buried so deep. Exactly. And I definitely hold space for that. I do not claim to be a mental health practitioner in any way or a coach in that. Maybe a little bit of a coach because you're just naturally put in that position. But I get a lot of stories from between sessions. Because people, this is a journey. People are doing, it's very transformational work. So it's not a surprise that you will find me in the middle of a divorce or in some sort of mental health crisis or physical health crisis. It's people who really want change. So yes, there is this connection of emotional, physical, and spiritual. And when you open one door, I really believe that opens doors in in the other simultaneously. So, you know, everybody's different. Everybody's going to process different. And I really try not to project how that's going to look for you. But I love to hear the stories and I love to hold space for people to feel again, whether it's feeling themselves in a physical way, spiritual way, emotional, getting in touch with their emotions, having vocabulary for this stuff and getting in touch with their body again. It's exciting. I can imagine so many people must come to you with a physical ailment. Mm -hmm. And as we know, the mind, body, and spirit are so interconnected. Mm -hmm. And then that is able to release and maybe trigger something else. Or like you said, even the memory comes up of, oh my gosh, I forgot that this trauma happened to me or this accident. And then the emotions could come back with that. I do. I see things like that. And sometimes maybe I feel and see things that go a little beyond my scope but I keep it to myself and I just encourage people to to feel what they need to feel. Feel all their feels. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you hold a safe space for them to be able to do that. Yeah. Okay. And then through that, I'm sure they can also 
then heal physically. And then through that, they're just getting physically stronger and the body takes over and then it, it can Yes, heal. yeah. And in my sessions, I tend to go longer than the average rolfer. They try to put everything in an hour. I can't do that. I, I find that people in my own personal journey, I found that health practitioners, doctors, they didn't often listen to me. And I feel like it's such an important part is the expression of what you're going through, whether it's positive or negative, or just listening to your symptoms and how how your life has progressed with these issues. And so I feel like listening is a big part of what I do. And it helps me so much when I'm working on you as well, because I take what I feel, what you say, and if there's a mixture and what I see very much too, what I see, I'm, I'm, that's very much a training and rolfing. We, we're trained to see where joints are landing, where weight distribution is off, where all things are compensating. I see so much when I look at people. It's very much a part of what we do. So I listen to what you're saying because that is very important to me. And I'm feeling constantly, you know, my my little fingers are in there and feeling. I'm, <laughs> and I'm sure you could feel physically as maybe as well as through your intuition. Yeah. It comes from all those things. Yeah. The successes that you have must just blow you away because I'm sure you see something where someone's life, either through pain or just through maybe being able to move properly and having the pain that goes along with it, that their lives are so impacted by finally having that pain released. Yeah. I love my job so much. I love it so much. I love helping people and seeing that journey for them. I know what it did for me and I know how much it changed me and it it made me want to live. When you live in pain all the time, there is there's no ending or beginning. You're depressed. It can be such a you're spiritually dead. It's just so hard to hold your head up and just, you know, be excited about life. So I have so much compassion and empathy for what people go through. And, and I also can look back and really realize that all that was, I get it now. It's to have this insight now to help other people. And so it makes sense. And don't get me wrong. I have to work on it all the time. I practice what I preach. I see the massage therapist. I get my rolfing when I need it. I'm a chiropractic fanatic, you know, with, with a double curve, my body, I, it, it's like it's fighting against itself sometimes. But I've also can tell you, I feel better than I ever have in my life. I feel better than I did when I was in my late teens. So I also understand my body. I, I've learned to be friends with it. And it's been a journey. <laughs> <laughs> and that seems to be such a recurrent theme, not just through the guests on the podcast, but through everyone in life, that the experiences that we've gone through have brought us to where we are. And when you're looking forward and you're in it, you're thinking, oh, my God. God, this is insane. Why am I going through this? But then when you take time and look back and you see a different perspective, you're like, oh, I, I yes. had to go through that to get to where Absolutely. I am. Absolutely. I mean, I wish I could have told my 20-year-old self, hang on, there's a plan for you. It's going to make sense and it's going to feel really good too. And you're going to feel very much a part and you're going to get it. But there was a lot of, yeah, just trying to just trying to hold on to your life, you know. 20-year-old self, was that in a lot of pain? Yeah, yeah. When I found Rolfing, I was 32 when I went to school. And I had gotten laid off in 2009. 
and I was working in finance. So I call it my last real job because it's never felt like a job since. Okay. So yeah, go a little bit into your background because you have a very interesting background. Yeah. So I had just came back from Switzerland. I'm half Swiss by my father, Swiss and French, and my mother's American. I was born in LA and I grew up in Oregon. I grew up in a small town in Oregon on a farm and a pig farm to be exact. I went back and forth through Europe quite a bit, living two different lives between two different families. And my pain struggle, though, to get back to that, I told you about riding horses and and the soft tissue damage. As much as I love that experience in my life and how wonderful it was, it did a, a number on my body. Well, and you said you weren't just riding and doing equestrian eventing. Oh, I was you working were, horses. Yeah, working the babies. I was. My stepfather only had one leg, and so he didn't actually. He would get on. He would get me on the horse and order me around, and I would really train the horses. It was morning. I got up at five o'clock in the morning. I was feeding the horses by five thirty, before and after school. I mean, that was my life. And breaking horses is hard work. It's hard. I also, the horses taught me how to do it. I did a little different. My stepfather was an old cowboy from Montana and he was a real cowboy. Like, and that's how he, he broke horses. I learned that doesn't have to be like that. And did you teach yourself (laughs) that? Was that more of an insight The horses taught me that, you know, the relationship with animals, Mm -hmm. that, that deep relationship with the animals, they taught me. Natural horsemanship kind of working? Yeah. I mean, there was, yeah. I mean, I would stick a piece of baling twine and just go up in the mountains in their mouth. It was, yeah, they taught me a lot. Mm -hmm. They taught me how to be soft. They taught me how to connect without words. That's beautiful. Yeah. They were, they were literally a lifesaver too, because I grew up in a pretty rough household and they were my escape and they were my, it got me through a lot. And then also through working with them, you ended up with several injuries that changed your life as well. Yes, exactly. And and I, uh, several injuries. I mean, it was just like, it was just so part of life. And two, when you're young, you're kind of bouncy. Like I think falling wasn't, wasn't really an issue you know and then when i so i got older i was like every one of those falls and you would you just be walking along and all of a sudden a horse would smell a cougar or like hear a sheep or something in the forest and all of a sudden you'd be dumped you know and it was just so part of life I'm I'm kind of laughing just imagining it because you're right kids are bouncy you don't care yeah. you're resilient you're, you're it's different but you're then bouncing until you're not bouncy anymore <laughs> and at all you can feel everything and then those injuries, though, they probably do stay with you in the body, and then they they sure do. They come and up I later. think I think everybody starts getting that after thirty. Even if you're one of the most resilient, strongest people, even those people realize that the body has a memory. We think we're invincible until, like you said, we realize <laughs> that we're not. Yeah. You said that you had the back injuries, the scoliosis and all these different things, but then you also ended up with fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia, if I look back on it, I have a, maybe it's a, another podcast, but it's, fibromyalgia for me was, I didn't know how to separate at the time my scoliosis pain from my fibromyalgia pain, all of it. It was just one big bundle from my emotional depression as well. There, it was very confusing, and it was just my my body wasn't you know overload. It was the synapses were firing and they weren't stopping, and that that was a whole nother journey. And I through the years I've been able to kind of dissect and separate and focus on healing 
for each department. And the fibromyalgia was a huge turning point. I had my last bout of it in my first 10 series at 32 years old. And I really got a lot of insight on how it was different. The pain, that pain was different from my scoliosis pain. And then as you're learning all of this about your body, you're starting to realize, okay, I can treat my fibromyalgia through, I'm assuming you went to some sort of a medical or a natural holistic Oh, it was such functional. a series of things. I was really learning how to, to yes, through a natural, actually a naturopath did help me sleep deeper. They found out with a hormone test that my cortisol levels were shooting through the roof. And I wasn't sleeping, but I didn't know any different. I had never slept properly at that point. And, you know, if your body can't repair itself at night, things are going to get weird. And sleep is so impactful. <laughs> yes. And that was, one, that was the beginning of starting to understand with the fibromyalgia. That was really learning, teaching my body how to go into deep REM sleep. I have no problem with that anymore. I still have to watch different things to help keep that regular. And then you had a, a career in finance before you transitioned. Yeah, I sure did. And that was, you know, I I was really good at getting jobs. And I ended up in finance. And when I moved from San Diego to Geneva, and I got my first job at J.P. Morgan, and that was kind of the beginning of a corporate career. I was 23 at the time. I was good at it. I enjoyed it. I started as an executive assistant. There was a lot of moving around, so I didn't I didn't have to always sit down. And I worked my way as an assistant private banker and ended up back in San Francisco in the music industry and in finance, running the royalties department. You said you ended up back there because you were in Switzerland at the time? Yeah, I was in Geneva. And I, when my father passed, I decided to go back to the West Coast and San Francisco what was calling me? <laughs> How did you? I end? love San Francisco. <laughs> I have never been there. Oh, I it's still a wonderful have. place. Yes, it's on my list. How did you find yourself learning about rolfing and then deciding to pursue that as a career? Yeah, I was told about it several times. I think you know, I was known for having a bad back. I was known for having to check out of things. I was an athletic person, but I always had issues, headaches, and that kind of thing. So people would had told me about it over the years, and I kind of. In my head, too, I had a story that that I was too broken, that I was what these people didn't understand. Nobody understands. So I wasn't listening. And I had heard about structural integration several times. People said, oh, I heard this is really good. You should do this. Or this is really good for people with scoliosis and back problems. And then when I got laid off in 2009, I had this whole... I just wanted to do something with my unemployment. I didn't want to just sit there idle. So I went to massage school and I had worked in a chiropractic office. It was my first job when I was 19. That's when I first started getting chiropractic care and things started changing for me. I was like, oh, I don't have to live quite like this. That was my first real eye opener of it doesn't have to be so painful. And so I was going to massage school and halfway through massage school, Ida P. Rolf's work came up. And then simultaneously, that same week was dance week with all these free classes. I used to be, I used to dance as well. And I went to a demo that was being given at a dance studio for Rolfing. He ended up to be my Rolfer. And he used me as the demo. There's about 15 people there. And he saw my scoliosis probably and go, oh, this will be an easy thing because you can change a scoliosis a lot in just initial work, it's very noticeable. Like it within, might go back into the old pattern pretty easily, but the body wants to be 
in balance. So he picked me and he just worked on me in front of all these people. And it felt so good. It was so different than any body work I'd ever gotten. Something clicked inside me. And I was, I little did I know I was doing the perfect prep. I went to a great massage school in San Francisco and it was perfect prep. I started my 10 right after that demo. I could barely afford it. I could, I only could do it once a month. That's kind of the tipping. If you can't do it once a month, I tell people to wait till they can. So I know that you can get great results just coming every four weeks. By the time I was in my fourth session, it was just clear as day. It was like God put a red carpet out and said, this is your path. And I was already in, I had already put my down payment and was starting at the Guild. So in Kauai, and and I, I was right after massage school, I think I had a little break and went to Burning Man and then went to the Guild. <laughs> what is the Guild? So the Guild for Structural Integration. Dr. Rolf wanted her work to be called Structural Integration, but it really got nicknamed and coined Rolfing. And then the Rolf Institute opened up. The Guild for Structural Integration and it's the work of Ida P. Rolf. And that's where I went. And it was a wonderful school. Highly recommend it. And that was in Kauai? So, no, they, ha- they had a satellite office. My teacher, Emmett Hutchins, who has passed away now, he passed away. Actually, I was one in his last class for my advanced training in 2016. 2016 is 2017. can't remember. And so he would have all his classes in Kauai. So I did my first auditing class there. It was about three months. And then I did the second part of the practitioner course in Boulder, Colorado, because our school was actually out of Boulder. We have since moved to Salt Lake City. From there, did you end up as a practitioner right away? Well, I came out of it and I had already had four years of my, that's what, that's where I was going back for the chiropractor that I worked with when I was 19 and I worked there for four years. He knew I had good hands. And he started having me massage on a chiropractic assistant license. I would get training from him for different injuries, and I would work on people's injuries. So I'd been doing that. I had a history already of working with people, and he offered to put me through massage school. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I want to get out of here. I want to wear suits and make money and travel the world. And I went and did all that. So it's really funny that Life brought me full circle right back to body work. And yeah, right, right back. And when I was younger too, I used to work on my horses. I would I would turn around in the field. I would, I would massage my horses. They were really my first clients. And I would study their anatomy in 4-H. I always had a, a love for anatomy, physiology. And so that's how I really got started. That's fascinating. And I went back to San Francisco and I started to practice right away. And I've been working full time ever since. So or as much as my body will allow. Did you open up your own practice in San Francisco? I did, yeah. And then you came to Wisconsin? And- I came to Zurich and then to Wisconsin. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now in Manitowoc, working out of Manitowoc. How long were you in Switzerland before you came back to Manitowoc? I was in Zurich for three, three and a half years. Can you tell us some of your amazing success stories that you see with your clients? There's so many different ways to look at success. I mean, when you just have somebody saying thank you for making the pain go away, that's success, or just seeing their face brighten. When I think of some of my favorite success stories, it's when people have gotten rid of knee pain and said, oh, they had going to have knee surgery and decided not to have it. Stuff like that. That's really successful for me because that's functional medicine and that's getting... And I'm sure you see a lot of people too with different 
maybe diagnoses from their physicians or from their orthopedics, and they come to you and seeking maybe a more natural, holistic way to help with their pain instead yeah. of being on prescription meds. Yeah. It basically, it's an option to see if do they really need surgery or to go into surgery in a much stronger way. I get people a lot after surgery too. I've had, I had a physical therapist at the UCSF hospital that would send me continual clients because she was, could only work on their symptoms and their actual injury coming out of surgery, but they would be on crutches for maybe six weeks and their body was completely contorted and messed up from having to use one leg, let's say. So she would send them to me to do kind of more of a complete physical therapy. That is another time that I see clients often is to kind of help them get their their weight distribution back, stop compensating. That makes a lot of sense because after a surgery, like you said, you're compensating so heavily. Hard on bodies. That, mm -hmm. Yeah, that part of your body that you had surgery on, whether it be a hip, a knee, an ankle, a leg. Mm -hmm. And then you're able to like realign them so that they can not only heal from the injury, but that they don't carry with yeah. it any physical yeah. injury. Yeah, because when they come in, from, especially if they're coming from a physical therapist, it's funny, their injury will be super supple and mobile and their whole rest of their body is stiff and not working. So that's what I address. I think the success it speaks for itself that people complete the 10 regularly, almost always. And they are happier for it and they feel better and they're more connected with their body. And... They're not as numb. They're not numb anymore. They do feel, and sometimes that's an awkward process. Sometimes feeling is not fun. And there's a reason why you ignore things. And the reason why the body shuts down and becomes kind of dead and numb is because it's all too much. So it's sometimes an uncomfortable, not an easy process to come out, but the other end of it is so worth it. And you do have clients that come in that are physically numb and you're able to help them with that? Or are you talking like emotionally and mentally? Oh, uh, no. I feel people don't feel themselves. They don't have, it's a, like a numbness. I don't know how else to describe it. Maybe it's emotional a connection with that too. That's not my side of things. But yes, they're physically numb. You are able to help them overcome that and then to start to not only gain feeling back again, but to probably relieve the pain that was yeah, associated with Yeah, I'm a facilitator. It. I'm a facilitator in helping them connect again with their own body. What are some of the common ailments or pains that people come to you with? Real common ones, frozen shoulder, sciatic, a lot of sciatic patients, especially around here. I think that's because of a lot of the very physical work that people do, farm work, factory work, a lot of recovering from surgeries, a lot of neck issues, like not being able to move their neck, frozen, like frozen rib, first rib that's not moving, that kind of stuff. It's hard to describe because there's every type of injury walks in the door. So those are some of the common ones I can think off the top of my head. Because I'm thinking of our listeners, what is hurting them? Or well, look at it this way. I think the world would be a better place if everybody got Rolf. So, <laughs> you know. Get Rolf. We can yeah, make bumper I mean, stickers. If, it, if, you, if, it, if this connects for you, then I would say definitely try a session and then ask your body, is this right for me? It's about finding your own intuition and seeing what's right for you. That can look in many different ways. I don't profess to be everything for somebody, but I am a real good part of people's health journey. And you can tell that by your repeat customers, your referrals, everybody. All of that, it. Mm -hmm. Smiling faces, coming in, looking dark and sad and heavy, very heavy, and seeing people leave light, happy, laughing, bright in the eyes. 
standing tall, feeling tall. And that has to touch your heart immediately. Yes. If you were to leave our listeners with some words of inspiration to inspire them to either start on their own self-growth journey, to pursue it even deeper, or to pursue rolfing, what would you say to them? I I would say it's kind of a, some tough love. I would say take responsibility for your own health. I would say do your own research. Don't expect the doctors to do it all for you. You need to create that relationship with your body. Even the people that are having the roughest time, there is something your body, you can call it spirit, intuition, but your body's trying to talk to you. It's very much a part of who you are. And I really believe that if you start listening and and doing that self-care, you're going to make progress. If you put that intention in of self-love, it's going to come back to you in a really good way. So just participate in your own health. And be aware and listen to your body and hold space, as you keep saying, hold space for it too. And be gentle and forgiving. Be kind to yourself. Yeah. There's so many different ways to beat yourself up with what you're not doing and pushing yourself too hard. Rest when you need to rest. And sometimes it's also saying, get off your butt and do something, you know, take a walk, get out, get some fresh air, eat better, these kinds of things. It's not easy, but it's the quality of life will be there if you put the work in. I definitely agree. And I think our listeners will too, because it's a message. I think that if they're listening to this, this is what they're seeking. Mm-hmm. And and hopefully with what you've been able to share with us today, that it hits home with them and they're thinking, okay, yeah, you know, I can go, what do you call it? Get Rolfed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can get Rolfed. I can find relief for my pain or I can do some different tweaks in my life just to improve, improve the quality of life. Yeah. And, yeah. and I wish, I wish somebody could do it for me. I am just as lazy as anybody else. I wish somebody could eat better for me and exercise for me. And, you know, I could just sit and watch Netflix and, you know, peace out. But we have to put the work in and do it ourselves. I know. I keep thinking that maybe I can live on my past successes. You know, when I used to be really in great shape and working out and eating healthy. I'm like, yeah, that was was a few years ago. Right. It's consistency. That's the hard one. I think that there is times where you just give yourself a break and say, okay, I'm going to just eat like crap for this time and let yourself do that. And, you know, you get back on track when you're tired of feeling crappy from it. It's about trying to learn how to to be consistent. And that's why I like, I suggest walking because walking is an easy exercise that is so great. It's also great to integrate structural integration. When you're walking, you're able to integrate the work much faster, but it's just a kind exercise for you. And it's, it's a great meditative exercise as well. And it is. It's so healthy. It's oftentimes better than running or better than hard, stressful activities. It's something you can do consistently without hurting yourself and no matter where you're at in your health journey. I think for me, it's I I have ears to hear. I'm constantly being introduced to people that it's never ending. So I'm also on my own journey. I'm also looking into the root of my, the deep root of what's going on. (laughs) Why? So it's, it's a continual, somebody told me once, it's like a bike. Your body's like a bike. You would never not oil it or replace the tires now and again, you know, like a car, you would never not service it. Why are people so disconnected with their bodies? And then they get upset when it doesn't run properly. They get mad. You know, I have to put energy and time and self-care into my own body. Well, 
you, you know, we ask a lot out of our bodies and we rarely say thank you. I think simple gratitude to your own body can be like a nice start of self-love. And taking care of yourself, like you said. Yeah. Physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Yeah. And I try to practice what I preach. That's my healthcare journey. I think we all try. Yeah, we all try. Do our, we all do our best with what we have in front of us, but we all know that, well, I shouldn't say we all know, but I know that I myself too, I just, I have goals and I have things that I'm working on. Yeah. And you know, that there's, some of them are physical, some of them are like nutrition and health. I also think you're going to be hearing a lot more of this, but this is really came in with my fibromyalgia journey is breath work. And in the first, the first session of rolfing, I really... We work on breath. We work on connecting and opening up the intercostals, the rib cage, and getting that breath, that expansion in the ribs. And actual breath work, I've been working but the last couple of years doing regular breath work on my own. And it's been, it's been huge. And I think we're going to hear of a collective consciousness much more about breath work. It is self-healing. It is a way to really change your physiology. And breath is life. Yes, absolutely. I read an amazing book that really changed my thinking called Breath by James Nestor. Incredible book. Highly recommend it. Yes. Another one of my guests had recommended it. Oh, really? It. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. And I also encourage people to, there's so much great science out on the brain. There is a neuroscientist that I absolutely adore, Dr. Huberman. And he works out of Stanford, I believe. He has a podcast. You have tons of YouTube clips. If you want to know what the research is on alcohol, what alcohol does to the brain, what marijuana does to the brain, what, I mean, just what not sleeping does to the brain, what exercise does to the brain, he is such a great resource. So I really encourage people on doing their own homework. A friend of mine just recommended his podcast oh, he's to me. fantastic, yeah. Yes, okay. I mean, there's so many of them, and but he is one of my favorites. That's fantastic. Thank you for that. Yeah. For our listeners who want to reach out to you, connect with you, learn more from you, yeah. what is the best way for them to do that? I have a Facebook page, Marie Tubo Advanced SI and Rolfing, Structural Integration and Rolfing. And I try to keep that up to date on the new information. I also, my website, Marie Tubo Dot org. You're going to have to spell that for us. M-A-R-I-E-T-H-I-E-B-A-U-D dot org. And that is my website. I have some great information about structural integration on there. What is SI? I also have some other resources like the Guild, like the International Association of Structural Integration and Rolfing. I went to your website. It is beautiful. It's not only so well done, it's so full of information. Thank you. I did it myself. So I'd love to hear that. Very impressive. <laughs> very, very nice website, though. It was just Thank you. so much information on there. Thank you for the work you put into building that for us. And they can go to your website. They can go to your Facebook page. And you can always call me and have a chat. And to, if you want to know like very specifics about what's going on in your body, I, I love to talk rolfing. So yeah, I will always be there for you. And your phone number is on your website. Yes, it is. Perfect. Well, thank you so very much thank for joining you. us today. And thank you for teaching myself fun. and the listeners, <laughs> all of us just about rolfing and about a little bit about yourself and your story. Thank, thank you. you. This is Conversations to Inspire with your host, Teresa Moore. Join us next week as we explore a different facet of the mind-body-spirit connection. 
Help promote the show by subscribing and following this podcast and leave a five-star review so we can continue to get incredible guests as we dive further into the mind-body-spirit connection. 